Thank you, Lord. We ask that you'd speak to us today. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you that you're alive and you're with us right now. You're wanting us to follow you today again. Scripture reading from today is from Genesis chapter 40. Sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the same prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, and he attended them. After they had been in custody for some time, each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, why do you look so sad today? We both had dreams, they answered, but there's no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. He said to him, in my dream I saw a vine in front of me. And on the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, it blossomed, and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and put the cup in his hand. This is what it means, Joseph said to him. The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position. And you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to do when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favorable interpretation, he said to Joseph, I too had a dream. On my head were three baskets of bread. In the top basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is what it means, Joseph said. The three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head and impale your body on a pole. And the birds will eat away your flesh. Now the third day was Pharaoh's birthday, and he gave a feast for all his officials. He lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position so that he once again put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he impaled the chief baker, just as Joseph has said to him, had said to them in his interpretation. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. When I was uh, a freshman at Gordon College, 24 years ago, uh, I tried out for the basketball team. And in high school, I was, I was a decent player. I wasn't like the star on my team, but we had a really good team. I, at, at, the, at the point, you know, years ago, we had like set the record for wins in, our, in my high school and just a, a really successful high school team. When I got to Gordon, I can remember like in the fall kind of playing with some of the guys that were on the team and, and like feeling outmatched. Like, wow, this is a different level of play. And I can remember being in my, my, my dorm room one night and feeling just so down uh, about, you know, my basketball ability. 
that was a huge part of, of my identity in high school. You know, I was, I was a baller. I was on the basketball team. That's what I was doing in the offseason. And it just it meant a lot to me. And so I, I really had this kind of dark time of just questioning, like, like, who am I now? Like, if I'm not, like, one of the competitive players on this team, you know, like, who, who, who even am I? And that season also, interestingly, was what many, like many probably freshmen at Gordon was pretty lonely, and I was trying to make friends. I was, you know, moved out of my parents' house. I was living on campus, and uh, so I was alone, feeling alone in that place, and I was also trying to figure out and wondering, like, who am I? Now, we read this passage today. We're going through a series on the life of Joseph, and today we're going to hear a couple of these same themes that we've been hearing over and over again, and that is that over and over again in this, in this text, especially last, the chapter we looked at last week, or I guess maybe it was two weeks ago, the Lord was with Joseph, and that Joseph's journey is all about him dying in many ways, and through that death, releases life to many people. So here's where we see that in this passage. You have to realize, you know, the story of Joseph that takes place, I think it's over like 13 years from the time when he's 17 and thrown in that pit, if you remember that from a few weeks ago, it's, it's a long time. It's obviously condensed in these chapters. They're just skipping ahead. But it says in two places in this passage, sometime later, and then after they had been in custody for some time. It wasn't like the next day that all this is happening. Joseph has gone from like being betrayed by his brothers, sold as a slave, seeing a little bit of hope in being ascending up to like the top of rank of, of the, the, you know, the keepers of this guy Potiphar's house, and then boom, he plummets to the, the, the bottomest pit than he was before. It just keeps getting darker for him, and he's been there for a while. We have to understand, God, guys, God knows that in our lives, there are going to be seasons that feel like what Joseph is feeling. You know, obviously COVID for the whole world, this has been a trial, but in our, in our personal lives, what we're going through. Joseph, this isn't just a week. This isn't a couple months. We're, we're talking about years here and incredible pain, incredible betrayal. Another thing that stands out to me in this passage is Joseph says this very curious thing. He's in this darkest place. You can hear the desperation in his voice as he's pleading with, you know, the cupbearer, get me out of here, you know. But in that place, we see a little bit into who Joseph is, even in this prison. He says, do not interpretations belong to God. Tell it to me. What's going on here? Somehow, Joseph knows who he is. He knows that he is a son of Jacob, renamed by God Israel, who's a son of Isaac, who's a son of Abraham. Right? He knows that the God of the universe is his God. Now, that may seem like, okay, that's great, but you have to realize this guy has not at least as far as we know, had any direct appearance of the Lord like all of his father, grandfather, great-grandfather. 
It never says the Lord appears to Joseph anywhere in the book of Genesis. All he has is two really weird dreams that could have been the result of a bad meal, right, and doing a little too much reaping in the, harv- in the, you know, in the wheat field that day. Even his, whole, his own family kind of rejects the dreams, so to speak, right? And say, you know, they're, they're not recognizing that that was from the Lord. But somehow, Joseph has clung to who God says he is. That he is of the line of Abraham, and therefore the God of the universe is his God. And so he sees himself as God's representative on earth. Guys, the same battle is being raged in your life today. If there's something that the devil wants, he wants to deceive you into thinking that you're not who God says you are. So Joseph gets pretty bold here. He says, hey, don't interpretations belong to God? Tell them to me, and I'll tell you what they mean. Because I'm a follower of the God of the universe, and dreams belong to him. All through the New Testament, guys, we, we see Paul over and over again and Jesus telling us who we are because there's power in knowing who we are. Jesus says, you're the light of the world, right? You're a new creation. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In the book of John, right, Jesus is saying, I'm in you and you're in me. And the Father's in me, and I'm in you. All this language that he goes on and on about. The power to realize our destiny, the calling that God has in our life. One of the pieces that we have to get is we have to know and trust who we are. And his trials have not kept him. The difficulty that he's gone through has not kept him from knowing that. Now again, I mentioned this earlier, but you see that Joseph is a real dude here. He's not some super spiritual person that never felt pain. When all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. He's, he's longing for justice. He's, he's sharing the pain that he's going through, even with this person that maybe he's just met. Was this an act of unbelief? Is he, is he getting ahead of God? Is he not trusting God to provide for him because he's pleading with this guy? I don't think so. He's just being a human, right? He's, he's just looking for where is it? Where's the release? Where's the justice that he's longing to see? And then we hear this disappointing line. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. And then it says it again. He forgot him. Now, I don't know how this is even possible. Because, like, the dude just interpreted your dream word for word, and then it happened, right? And then somehow, in the bliss of all that, he just forgets Joseph. You wonder what's really going on behind the scenes here. If it's the Lord or the devil, who knows? Like, what's happening? But, man, that's so painful. He sees, like, this little light at the end of the tunnel, of maybe there's a glimmer of hope. And wow, God gave him the interpretation of this dream. He stepped out in faith, following the Lord, after obeying the Lord in the last chapter, right? Not giving in to this temptation. Somehow knowing that it says in that passage that over and over again, the Lord was with him, the Lord was with him, the Lord was with him. He's able to withstand the temptation. And it lands him in a worse place. And then he finally sees a glimmer of hope. And he's forgotten. 
I wonder if you've ever felt that way. Like you're following Jesus and there's some breadcrumbs along the trail and you make a decision that's really hard. But the best you know, it seems like this is where Jesus is leading. And man, it doesn't really pan out. And people around you are forgetting you. And this is where this theme of death comes in. And this is what God is working in all of our lives. Every single thing that is painful is meant for our good. It doesn't mean that God's causing it or that he really wants that to happen to it, but he's using, Paul says, in Romans 8, all things for our good. And the key is, uh, and I speak out of experience, is not letting our lives become lives where we are running from pain or avoiding pain. But we are open-handed receiving whatever the Lord allows in our lives or causes to happen, wherever you land on the free will and God's sovereignty. Receiving it from the Lord. And knowing in your heart, believing that He's with me and that I am His. And that whoever forgets me, there's always a path forward for me to walk in obedience in every single situation. And that's really hard to do. Especially when it hurts, especially when you're alone, and especially when you're confused. The Lord wants you to know today that it's possible. And He wants you to know that He's with you. And He wants to teach you and help you know who you are. Now again, we're not holding Joseph up as this incredible example and let's all be like Joseph. What we are saying is that in the story of Joseph, we see the faithfulness of God. That no matter what's going on in your life, God is always there. With every temptation, there's a way of escape. With every place of where you feel alone, God is wanting to come in. I want to leave you with one, with one kind of practical thought. And that's this. When you feel the pain, Sit with God. Sit with Him. You don't necessarily have to pray all the right things. He knows what you're going through. He Himself experienced it as a human being. Sometimes the first step when we're in the the deepest pit we've ever known is to sit with that pain. Be real with that pain with the Lord and ask Him for help. And in the silent place, trust that He'll speak, that He'll lead, and that He'll bring encouragement to your heart. And the other thing, Zach already said, is get around other people that can speak words of encouragement or can just sit with you in the silence as well and be with you with God. We've got about three minutes. 
And so now I want you to turn at your tables, and we're going to do this uh, just real quick. The question I want you to say is, hey, you know, what are you taking away from this today? Is there anything that felt like it hit home or that God was nudging you with or speaking to you today? We've just got a few minutes before we break and go to our projects, and we'll give you some instructions about that after this. But I want to give you a couple minutes to discuss at your tables just since we have a little, little bit of time here. So, Lord, um, it's hard to believe that you're with us sometimes, and we get confused about who we are. And sometimes we feel alone, and it's really painful. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask that you'd come and sit with us right now and help us to encourage one another and to listen these next few minutes. Let's take a few minutes, and if there's something you feel led to share, go for it, okay? Then we'll close.